Can you hear me? Welcome to the Kids Swap Podcast, hosted by myself, Florian Simon, together with Maximilian Navid, bringing to you the international podcast about football, friends, and culture. You should sign me. Sign him up. Sign him up. Sign my boy. Yeah, well. <laughs> Let's get the ball rolling. Let's go. And we're back on the Kids Swap podcast again with Maximilian Neva. How are you doing, Max? I'm good, my friend. I'm good. Just, you know, enjoying life, enjoying work and enjoying the, the beautiful game. As always. <laughs> as always, as always. Yeah. Last week, um, we had Axa Mushtaq uh, on board on our podcast, um, giving us insights about the women's game, how her path was from the uk over the us and finally landing in italy playing for napoli and now um roma yeah was was quite interesting to to hear something about the women's game don't you think max i know you don't have that many insights <laughs> women's game yeah no it was it was really interesting and, and like you said I, i i really want to learn more about the game and i would love to get more female footballers on the podcast um, because, yeah, for me, it was so insightful and I learned a lot about the game and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, today we have another guest, like we said last week. We unlocked a new continent today. So, Max, you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, so we, we did. We, um, we've done Europe, North America. Now we're, we're entering into Asia. So um, this one's a, it's a, it's a special one. Um, my good friend, Sam, that I grew up with, uh, he's actually the best man at my wedding. <laughs> so uh, um, yeah, I, he's like family, you know? Um, and yeah, he actually plays amateur soccer in China because he's works in the, in the football industry there and in, in football business. And um, so he was telling us all about, you know, how, quickly how he, he went through the ranks at, in Italy and um, played college soccer in the UK, which was cool for us to see the difference between the UK and the US. Right. But now, yeah, he decided to go the corporate route, which I thought was fantastic, similar to myself. And um, he's in China building up um, uh, a company in, in, in the football industry and playing amateur soccer on the side. And we had some amazing insights and <laughs> great laughs. And just me and Flo both said, man, we need to go to, We need to go to Shanghai to see Sam. This sounds really, really interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, enjoy. Hello, Sam. Hey, guys. Good to meet you, Sam. Sam. How are you doing? Good, good. Listen, I'm just setting up, so give me two seconds. <laughs> no worries. I literally walked into the house, so sorry. No rush. This guy, he's, he's, he's actually Italian, man. You can tell by his timing. I'm, yeah, you can tell why I'm late, right? No, you're not late. Actually, I was the one that moved it. So you're actually early. Well, you, you saved my life a bit because... Um, oh, here we go. Um, sorry. You saved my life a bit because I was, uh, I was with, a, uh, I was with uh, one of the players. Um, mm -hmm. We were talking about, talking about new, new projects, so... Um, it was good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. I good just want so to introduce far. you guys. Um, 
yeah. basically, um, I've told Flo a lot about you, Sam. So, uh, uh, Flo, um, so Sam Flo um, <laughs> kind of has a similar background <laughs> yeah. to us. You, know? <laughs> you have such a talent for up. that, Max. Unbelievable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you basically grew up playing in the, also like pro, semi-pro academies, went to play college, actually was really, really successful in college. Won college in England, right? Yeah. No, no, you, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you, Flo. Ah, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, good job. Like we both <laughs> did, didn't know who you're talking Max, about. This hasn't started well at all. Do we need to start again? <laughs> no, no, no. 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 Even if you mess up, it doesn't matter. We just, we always just go and we cut it and like this. No, but there's no editing. Um, <laughs> no, so I, was, uh, I was explaining to, to Sam about Flo because I told Flo a lot about Sam. So um, he then came back from college, played um, played um, semi-pro in Sweden, now plays semi-pro in Germany and nice. um, works for Scholarbook on, on the women's side and on the events side in IT. And um, so we just decided to launch this podcast together to just have a laugh with players from all around the world and just people yeah. like yourself, obviously. And uh, yeah, so then Flo, like, so Sam, I mean, so Flo, Sam uh, grew up, um, yeah, he's had, like, he's, I think he's three quarter Scottish and one quarter English, right, Sam? But, but he says he's from England. I, I've lost count. I would say, um, yeah, I, I've got a bit of Dutch in there, but I don't know where. Yeah. where. <laughs> I don't know. And then, and then Sam basically grew up in Italy almost his whole life, I would say. Um, yeah. And um, was at, like I was telling you, Flo, but we'll go into the details so it's more like right. exciting. Now he's in China, what I was telling you, what he does out there with, with, with the, his own company and, and with sports marketing and management and stuff. But yeah, I don't want to spoil it too much. So, so, yeah, so, let's just, so yeah. when Sam lived longer in Italy than you, did he get that coolness you were talking about the last couple of episodes? Yeah, you, is, you, sh you should. So I was <laughs> saying, so I was saying that uh, Italians, for some reason, they're just cool, man. Like they're always looking good, relaxed. And Sam's a typical. I didn't get Italian. that. I didn't get that side of it, but I think <laughs> I didn't get the cool side of things. Yeah, you think. did. You're always with your blazer and stuff. I always see you, Sam. Yeah. I always no, see you looking good doing business. One th one thing I can say about the Italians is they know how to. And I'm not Italian, but one thing about the Italians, is they know how to dress well. I'll give them that. They can dress well, um, and they're always <laughs> all relaxed. They're always like clean. Yeah, I'll give them that. That's true, sure. right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. then today what we were what we were gonna do, Sam, is just um this podcast is it's just talking about like you can see in Flo's background, football, friends and culture. It's <laughs> yeah. just having a laugh about about football and then basically you telling us about your experience, especially like cultural experiences and um yeah, Max, but taking us through you're saying it like what we're doing is a joke. Yeah, like, that's just having a laugh, like <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Max, what he's saying is we've got an hour. We've got an hour where we've got nothing to do, and we're just wasting your time. That's literally no. <laughs> wow, Max. No, no. Great, good job. Best introduction Great. to any episode ever. <laughs> Honestly, no. What I, what I meant oh is like God. it's not it's not supposed to be too serious. Just like jokes and, yeah. and but actually, of course, like people listening will be really interested to hear what you have to say. And I mean, the whole purpose is to be informative. You know, the funny yeah, part yeah. is just a bonus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so let's get started. Flo, do you want to... We've got to stop the giggling. 
you want to ask um do you want to ask sam some some questions or do you want me to take him through it or i mean you can you can start off and just like go through sam's path and then i don't yeah. know i will come up with some questions <laughs> come out sam so so you've so you've um you grew up very internationally um you've played in in different countries italy in the UK and the college system, which is really interesting because we've had a lot of people from the US college system on the podcast up until now. And then you've, you've played actually in China as well at, a, at an amateur level, but it's really interesting, you know, to, to hear how that works. And obviously you work, um, you have your own sports marketing company that focuses on the, the marketing rights of, of big professional footballers that, that play in the Chinese Super League or, or other athletes in the future as well. And uh, yeah, maybe we can just get started with, um, maybe you could just take us through, through your time in Italy. Like, um, I think if you're, if I'm right, you moved to Italy when you were like six or when, when did you move yeah, to Italy? I moved, out. I moved out when I was six, um, moved out because my dad, so my dad was working in the army. So we did, um, every two years we moved from location to location. Um, so I was born in Australia. Um, after that moved to wales then moved to northern ireland and then moved to italy so after two yeah uh, and that was about right and then spent after about two years in italy and obviously playing football which i'll get to um my mum decided that she didn't want to she didn't want to move anymore my dad actually got an opportunity to move to munster in germany um and he did he took it it was a great opportunity for him and um then went off to iraq and afghanistan but we stayed there so we built house houses in italy my mom built the houses we live in well used to so she actually built them with her own hands like built the house um she was a builder um and so we stayed out there um so i was there then spent the rest of my my childhood there but in terms of my football side of things um yeah started when i was six uh six seven i played a little bit when i was living back in the uk but barely you know it was just once a week um and there was a local team um, at the time um, who was just down the road. And uh, my mom happened to bump into the president of the, uh, of the club just in a shop down the road one day. And they got talking and they were like, look, bring your son along. And so from then on, I went to go and play. Uh, but for me, it was just like, it was daunting. Like I was just going into the middle of this field with like, you know, 50 Italian kids, not knowing the language. Um, <laughs> I remember my mom, I still remember it actually my first training session, like I just burst into tears and my mom had to stand on the side of the pitch. Um, and it was in, is in Italy at the time. So it was like the pitches weren't great. So it was like a sand pitch. And I remember seeing like people throwing rocks at each other and rolling around in the sand. <laughs> I was like, Where the hell is mom? Um, and we ended up anyway, we, and then I ended up staying there a bit, uh, staying obviously at this academy all the right way through I was um, 18. But I started off just playing. You didn't really have positions then. So I just played outfield. Um, and then I was the tallest guy there. So there was one tournament where they said, go on, we need to go and put him in goal. Because uh, he's tall. So I went in um, and then the rest was history. I just ended up playing in goal for the rest of it um, from the age of from the age of seven. Um, and then played through right till, you know, uh, even now I'm still planning goal to this day and it's the best decision I made definitely in terms of football. I absolutely love it. Um, so that's just how everything kind of started. Um, and then Sam, uh, no, no, you're definitely not going to bore us. I'll, I'll kind of take you through. Um, and then basically, but wait, wait, know, just one thing, like 
I'm kind of scared that our episodes getting more and more um, like Italian, you know, like we're just talking about uh, no, Italy no, no. and the culture about Italy. Like, honestly, I have nothing against it, Italy, but it's getting too one sided at one point. No. No, boy, we can have a no, time. We can have a He's joking. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, no, I know, I know, I know. We got a bit of China coming in. We got a bit of everything, I suppose. Yeah, yeah England. Yeah. But but was, Sam actually had a really cool experience. Um, I think when he was 11. So how, yeah. tell it, take us so, through that. What what happened? How did that transition? So I, I'm going to be honest with you. The, I was just very lucky. Like genuinely, like I, I was. I would, if looking back, I'd say yeah, okay. I was I was I was a good keeper. I think. Um, But looking at sort of the level compared to like the top clubs, some of the academies around there, they were very, very good. Um, but our academy partnered with Inter Milan. So from day one, uh, I became an Inter Milan supporter because you, you, you literally wore their kit. They provide you the kit and your home kit was Inter Milan kit. So you almost felt like you were a player from the age of seven. And there was an opportunity where um, both goalkeepers, luckily or unlucky for them, <laughs> uh, one of them broke the shoulder Uh, and one of them broke their leg, I think it was. Um, so they were in complete mayhem. They needed keepers. And obviously being part of the so-called uh, Inter Milan Academy system, we got first dibs so they could come to us and we could be at their training ground the next day. They didn't have to go through any trial systems. They kind of had us in the so-called database. They knew who we were. Um, we used to have friendlies against them once a year. So they, they knew a bit about me. I was, you know, I was, I was called in. So from about 11 uh, through to um, probably I'd say 13, I was on and off uh, into Milan. There was a long period that I was there for um, where I, to be honest with you, it doesn't sound as romantic. I didn't play that much. Uh, when, I, when, I when I first went, um, I started to play a lot because they were in need. So it was up until the summer. Um, so we played against, you know, AC Milan. We played against... Um, Uh, Atalanta, we played against, um, didn't play Juventus because I didn't play that many games. Um, but yeah, <laughs> played against some, some decent players. Um, and that was kind of the, the, my, my, my time at, at Inter Milan. I didn't know how important it was, though. I didn't have sort of a, my, my dad wasn't around. My mom wasn't a big sportsman. So I did, well, she's a huge sportsman. She just wasn't too clued up about what Inter Milan meant. She just like, oh, God, we have to drive an extra hour to take my son to football. <laughs> um, so it was, I didn't, I don't think, I, looking back, I don't think I appreciated it. And I, re, I regret it slightly. Um, obviously at that age, I would never have known if I'd known you know, more about it and put more of a, an effort into it. Um, I just like the people that I, I wasn't that kid who would stand, you know, the goalkeeper would stand and watch the airplanes go by. But the, the whole, the whole concept of being into Milan just didn't hit me. Like I, looking back now, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's great to talk about. Um, and, you know, sometimes I dumb it down and say, yeah, it wasn't that big. But, you know, I, I suppose it was pretty cool to be part of an academy system like that. It's just a shame I didn't get much further. Um, yeah, it's just the same with Max, you know, like um, he played for Barcelona and he's always bragging about, yeah, when I was in Spain, I always <laughs> no. played for Barcelona. <laughs> no, it was, I was there even shorter than, than Sam. No, <laughs> no, I was just saying me, but I was, yeah, I mean, mine was on and off and it's the same experience that I was going to touch my brother as well. My brother was the same. So he yeah. was, um, he had a bit more backing. So I was more around him. So my brother was at AC Milan on and off for about oh, three years. Because then the cat that he ended up playing for the same club as me, which then became an AC Milan Academy. So, you know, talk about loyalty, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
they became he yeah that became an AC Milan academy and then so he had the opportunity to go down and he did a lot more than me like he was he was yeah he did very very well but anyway that's a story I suppose for another 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 interview another another Italian episode Jesus yeah <laughs> and then Sam Sam basically finished his his uh, you finished your youth career with Insubria right with the same academy yeah, so, yeah I think that was an interesting time for me because. Um, I was I was exposed to first team football so they played in at the time before I started playing with them I trained with them they were in the fifth tier of Italian football um, and there's a rule in Italy which I don't know if it's the same in Germany where you have to play one 17 year old one 18 year old and one 19 year old you have to you have to field th that amount of players in a game um, so I had the opportunity of you know sitting you know sitting on the bench when they were in that division never played and then When they when they dropped down to sixth division, I play, started to play a lot more. But that was kind of a, and you got paid and stuff. It was you know good training. You had your physios. It was a decent setup. Max was around that kind of period. He was playing around where where I was, so he was exposed to it as well. It wasn't a bad level, but again, it's it's borderline semi professional. Like you wouldn't really put it like it's what is it, Maxi? One one league lower, two leagues lower than Regional Liga, maybe. Yeah, it's like Oberliga Landesliga in Germany, basically. Like, oh, it's yeah, it's taken relatively seriously, but it, again, you, we were talking about nothing special. Um, but I think that was the one moment when I was, I remember my my debut when I was 17, when I realized I couldn't be it. I'd never make it to any, any league higher because I remember we had one game. Um, It was uh, it was a it was a league game, and we were we were struggling um, to stay up. And uh, the goalkeeper got a red card the match before and I didn't sleep the whole week. Um, and then this is at 17. I remember not eating in the morning. I didn't eat anything. I just had a coffee and um, my legs were shaking. I, we're, and we're talking about six division football here. Like, it's not like I'm playing, <laughs> you know. And I remember standing, standing there going like going to the bathroom six or seven times. I had barely any water. I don't know where it was coming from. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, and then played the game. Luckily, I did all right. I think once I'm in the game, then it changes. But that from that moment on, I was like, yeah, I can't. Like, I to myself inside, I kept on playing. Played, ended up having a decent season. Um, but I was like, no, I can't. I, I can't hack this football. Like, it wasn't like I got, got nervous, you know, playing friendly games against the under 19s and playing against my friends. So um, it was just, it was, it was a kind of a, like a realization for me as well when I got to about that point where. Um, I don't know. I needed. I don't. I didn't think I can hack it in terms of a professional standpoint. No, that's you touched on on something, Sam. Like that's actually the reason flow that. So I had to leave Varese, the the club in in that city, due to schooling reasons, and and yeah, Sam knows all about it. We were in the same class. And that's and, when um, you met. I just decided. Yeah, that's we when... met in in our class. We hated each other first. Well, Max hated Max. Max... <laughs> I'll never forget this. Your opinion, shit. That's what I heard. So I'm like, what? <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, I don't know. We no, no for I was, one. I, I, I was, I was saying rubbish, Flo. I was like, because I, 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 this kid came along. I was, I was the, yeah. I mean, if any of the boys hear, hear this, they'll probably get angry. But I'm probably, <laughs> the best, I was probably the best player in the class. Sorry, guys. And then. <laughs> Mac, this guy turns up, we played at Barcelona. I'm like, this guy's a joke. Like, who's this guy? Like, my academy's better than your academy. I mean, my academy was a professional academy. 
um and then so he was like yeah your opinion shit yeah it was good it was good fun and then you know it was so funny do you remember yeah. sam yeah so so I, my academy was actually a professional academy and but sam's was like the best semi-pro academy in in that city and we had a friendly tournament right when i got there so, and i was one year older than, i'm one year older than sam so we played against the 94s of sam's team and in the tournament they beat us 3-0 <laughs> it was like a big upset and then Sam was taking the piss out of me. When I got back to school, I felt so embarrassed. But um, no, we basically became best friends. And, um, and that's when like a year and a half later, um, throughout mid, when midway through my U16 or U17 season, I moved to, to Sam's club because I was like, yeah, I, I can't take this, like not being able to train with my team and having to stay in school so long and everything. And then I, I loved Sam's club. So it was at Sata, then it became in Subria. And um, man, it was so many good memories. And I used to just come train with Sam's team, watch all of his games and everything. And every I Friday I would sleep over at his can't share on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can share everything. <laughs> when we're offline for it. When we're offline. Like we, I assume, yeah. There's some funny, there's some funny stories, yeah. But um, <laughs> what was I gonna say? I think, I think you know, I think I know which one you mean, right? The, the one when I was practicing with you guys. <laughs> That's just, all I'm gonna say is Max had to leave halfway through training, um, because he had the uh, emergency. He had some, uh, bowel problems, um, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't pretty. <laughs> Oh my God, that's, that, I know. I knew that was the story you were on about. Just no, no, I've got another one, but I'm gonna. That's definitely not being said. Which anyway, one is we, that? Wait, we can cut it out. Which one is that? Walk it when we, we walked home from. You oh, had to walk home from the trip, and then oh, that as was we so. Station, you had to go behind a tree and use your towel. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know what it was. I always had stomach issues back then. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Flo. No, no worries. I, I don't mind at you all. You can actually, you can keep that in the pod. It's funny, dude. I don't care. It's, it's so funny. Uh, it's actually the raw, the everyone, raw time. Everyone go into this minute to hear about it. You should put it as a highlight. <laughs> it's going to be the, then, the promotion part in Instagram. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. We can keep it in, but not as that. No, I was going to say, and, and then our, our ways tragic, tragically parted because I had to move. And I was actually wanted to, like, Sam's mom is like a mom to me. And she had offered to keep me to, to live with them. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to. So then I moved to Germany and Sam stayed, but we, we always visited each other. But then Sam's path, yeah, I went to, to the UK. So yeah. why did you choose the UK, Sam, actually? And um how take us through college football out there and stuff. Yeah. So the UK for me was because I'm a, I, I, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm not Italian <laughs> again. Um, I'm British. So I just felt like I, I hadn't really, I, uh, I haven't, I haven't really uh, lived in the UK. So I said, do I have to go and give it a go? Like it's technically where I'm from. Let's go back and let's like really live there. Um, so, I ended up going to a university mostly around sports called Northumbria University. They're based in Newcastle. Um, and I didn't really have an idea about how sporty they were. So the best one's called Loughborough. They're, they're incredible. They're the best, but they claim to be the best sports university in the world um, just because of the Olympic athletes they have. So most Olympic athletes 
around Europe have trained there or have trained there. Um, football's a different story. But then when I went there, and this is kind of one of, for me, where I found a new passion is when I was there, um, they have this day where you, you can go into the main sports hall. They had incredible facilities for a UK university, like 30 million pound facility. They had, um, you know, indoor swimming pools, they had running tracks, they had, you know, a stadium, like it was incredible for a UK university. And there's this big sports hall and we went inside and there's like tables or booths where there's like different sports going from like lacrosse all the way through to rugby, ultimate frisbee. Um, there was the weirdest stuff. And then there was obviously there was football and obviously my eyes were set on football. But next to football on, uh, you know, I signed up for football and then next to fo uh, football was futsal. Um, and I was like, okay, I never really had experience of it. So I signed up to futsal um and then went to the trials because you can what you can do is i didn't expect to go to college in the uk and get a scholarship that wasn't my plan um some people do and there's a system for it um and it's all all under one uh league entity so it's called bucks british university college sport and what that is is every single sport organized and funded by the university uh, will be then put under uh, bucks where you complete, compete against other universities. So it's very similar to America yep. in that respect. Um, so I ended up playing, I ended up trialing for futsal and absolutely loving it. Um, so I, I came, carried on there and then got into the football team as well, uh, which was sometimes quite common. You'd get sort of a mix over between the two. Uh, a lot of the guys played futsal and that's why futsal was always played on the weekends and then during the week football. So you'd, I was, there were four teams for the football um, and um, I was second, third, bouncing between them. The ones in the first were scholars. They were all scholars. So they were, a lot of them were older. So I was, as again, 18 at the time. But then futsal was something that really, really um, intrigued me. And I put more passion into that um, and was playing first team for there. And um, over the three years, that was my main sport. So football I played, I was in and out of football. Um, but futsal for me was, was, I just found this passion by, by the third year. <clears throat> so we'd been to the championship finals, um, the whole program, uh, the, the Northumbria university futsal program was the number one in the country, um, came first for the, all three years I was there, um, the men's and the women's, uh, and then some of the guys actually went on to go and play for England. So our captain, um, went on to go and play for England futsal, which isn't anything, you know, no disrespect, it's not playing for, you know, England football. But again, it was a good level. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really, really grown. So the UK futsal scene is growing a lot. And for me, you know, we spoke about those nerves that I had in 11 aside, gone. Like, they didn't exist for me. And I think it was just, I was, I was in a, an environment where I was comfortable. Um, and I felt I had more control. And I felt that I was more, com yeah, just more confident on, the, you know, being involved. I was constantly on the ball, playing with your feet. It was what I was good at, which was reflexes, short, um, you know, shots from a, a short distance. Um, so I absolutely loved it. I, you know, even in a game, you know, you could score. Like for me, that's like next level. So like, you know, I had a, a couple of moments where, you know, scoring goals as well as a goalkeeper. So <laughs> I kept on playing that. And, you know, I, my final year, I was president of the whole um, futsal scene at the university. Um, it was organized. There was a coach from outside who came in, two coaches you know, like FA, um, FA certificates, they were all professional, like proper, proper good uh, futsal coaches all in the England system. 
but you, as a student, you always had one president and one captain who ran everything, um, the day-to-day -day stuff, which was incredible. Um, and then played a bit of hockey as well uh, in goal because uh, it was kind of similar. So that was kind of my, my university um, scene. And for me, it was just like football was there and I played. Um, but, you know, the, the, the system in terms of futsal was excellent in terms of how it was all set, the, the group, the, the unity. And actually, for the final two years I was there, um, futsal was the main sport um, against Newcastle. So when you played varsity against another team, so you call it varsity when you play the rival university, um, we had a thousand people sit and watch the futsal game uh, against them, wow. which was which was huge. So that and that was the biggest, that was the biggest recorded futsal attendance in the UK up until the following year. Um, it was taken by an England game. So we took as a group futsal. It was already quite big at the university to another level. So it was great. I know this was about football, but I think futsal ties in slightly. Yes, all right. that, of, course. Know, of course, of course. I was going to ask you because um, didn't. Didn't that role you played in growing the sport and everything and, and creating the group and uniting the group, um, didn't it lead to you receiving the, um, the award of like sportsman of the year or something? Yeah. So within the college um, and that kind of tied into playing football and hockey. So we had about, I don't, I don't want to be quoted on this, but I think someone said to me there are 2000 athletes or overall in terms of different sports, men, women, slightly amateur, not amateur, whatever it was. Um, and every year they have something called sports personality of the year. And what that is, is um, you get voted for like best performance, best team, best all that. But sports personality of the year was sort of the main, uh, let's say, prize for the whole, whole year. It's that main thing when, you know, the final sports ball, the big event, it's that number one prize. And I was up against um, two other great girls who were there, you know, kind of really pushed the sports scene, um, both on an amateur level and on a sporting level. And I, over in my third year, where I probably should have been studying more, I was playing football, playing futsal. And when I was needed, I ended up playing hockey, which for me was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so all, all padded up um, going to play hockey. And the crazy thing is my first ever training in hockey. So I don't know if you guys have ever played. The ball's seriously hard and it flies so fast. And one of the guys hit the ball. Like they're trying to like that like, probably just intimidate me, but I get there to training, hit the ball and it hits the crossbar and the ball snaps in half. And we're talking about like a really, really tough ball hit. Oh and I was God. like, what am I doing? What have I got my into? Um, and luckily I didn't feel too much pain because you're padded up really well. Um, but I played three or four games for them. So that kind of helped me boost my profile a bit within the university in terms of oh, okay he's helping out everyone that's but why yeah. you did it <laughs> yeah no i didn't know but like actually when i got nominated, i said oh this is great something good to put on my cv and then um yeah and then on the night i won i won sports personality of the year for the university which going to a sports university um not being a full full scholar we had olympians at the university who played volleyball for england you know some great paralympians so there's the I think he's the most decorated uh, Japanese Paralympian goes to Northumbria university. So to be, to win it ahead of those types of people was just insane. Um, but that was kind of like that, that moment was the highlight of my three years at university. One um, thing I really, really remember you always telling me Sam is, um, and I thought it was really interesting. I think for a lot of our listeners will be interesting is that I remember you telling me how good the, the football team was actually like the, the men's team. 
Um, yeah. And basically, I think it would be really interesting to compare it a bit to the US. Like, just to give them an idea, like, didn't some of your teammates go pro or where did they come from? Yeah. Like, what, what levels and stuff? So the, the systems, the, the, the thing about university football in the UK, and this is my opinion, is you have, um, you have like four or five divisions, I suppose. Um, the first division in the north and the south they're incredible they're very very good level like really good players the problem is there's only seven teams in each division seven or eight so it's not you know a 15 league uh, season um it's quite short um but there's some incredible players um and it really that's where the scholars are so um you're you've got the people of you got people coming from x academy um x newcastle united x cambridge united x you know we re relatively good good um players people who'd been to the us and came back um but that was like full in every single day uh training uh strength and conditioning you had a strength and conditioning coach you had two or three coaches your training sessions were all filmed so it was like full on like um i would say almost as similar to your level so sort of that professional environment mm -hmm. um and that was very well organized and it was, it was, um, it was good. The only problem was, is that, and I think is that, I don't know if you guys have it college in the U S is that the, the, the universities end up playing weekend games as well because the college system isn't good enough or, or it just, it's, it doesn't fill up enough of the year. So they were playing in, I think it was sixth division, but again, your university students, there's no experienced players. You're, you know, it's 18 to 22 year olds. So you can kind of guess, like, it's a, I think they got, to, and then in the FA Cup, they had some decent runs. So, I mean, pretty impressive um, overall. But again, um, all youngsters, but they, the, the, the actual college system, um, there's six or seven top, top teams. Um, and the rest of them, when you start to drop the divisions, it gets a bit difficult. So even though you were in the, we played in the third division with the second team, um, and, you know, there's like not enough kits to go around. You've got a coach, but, you know, it's still very amateur uh, and you do train sometimes with the first team. Um, so it's a, yeah, it's a little bit different. But, Phil, don't you think that's crazy that um, that basically the university team, it's like as if, I don't know, with, with Lenore Ryan in, in the US, you played at the same time in like USL League, League Two or League One, but it went in, you know, they, they played in what was it conference north or something the Northumbria yeah. team did or yeah, something like that, i mean it's yeah. a crazy good level right so yeah i mean yeah, yeah. i mean we played uh, our season was quite intense right we we played twice a week uh, in the us yeah. we played twice a week um in in the fall semester and spring semester then you compare um, to schools from other divisions or um even to pro teams as well um but I think it's it's kind of cool, like playing playing the college league and then playing um, against proper club teams, like on the men's level as well. Playing a season there is, yeah, playing two seasons. Yeah, it was good. So that's that was their main focus. But that was it. That was it. But it, unfortunately, I don't think it's nearly as structured as you know it is in the US, um, and the scholarships aren't as big at all. Um, so other sports are much bigger. That's for sure. Like rugby, basketball. Um, I think some of the teams were excellent basketball, volleyball as well. Um, so it just depends. If you're at the, if you're at the pinnacle of, of your sport, you've got a great environment. Uh, but if you're not, then it's tough. You can't really be, you're not really considered a student.
to recap all of Sam's playing career, like Sam was a great keeper. I, I followed his youth career from when I got there till his collegiate career, and um, but an even better person. And um, I would say always a very likable person. And even in Italy, in our team, like everyone knew Sam. Of the older guys that were like two years or three years older than us, everyone just knew Swinton. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and no, I'm I'm so glad that that I met Sam and he took me to that club because uh, it was the first it was the f- first time in a long time I could enjoy football again. Um, was with 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 Sam back then. So and then yeah, Sam, take us to the the big the big move and and why and that, yeah. that's probably what I want. I think Flo and I are going to ask you a million questions about this is what I can. And I think this can be interesting. I don't, people, people don't care about, you know, I played nowhere. So I think this is the, this is the interesting part. So I, I'm quite excited to talk about it. <laughs> no, you need to take us through everything, Sam. So yeah. wait, Flo, you probably, you, you take on here the questions because we both probably have the same questions and I've asked <laughs> Sam enough already. So He's right annoyed of me already. <laughs> It's the it's uh, flow. It's the Max Never podcast. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about him. Yeah, it's always, always. Max always puts himself into the spotlight, but it's okay. Oh, it's okay. Oh, I, can, I can't deal no, with it. No. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I think first question um, about your move to to China. Um, like how? Why? Like it's just for, like for Europeans. Still, like like if you if you if you grow up in in Europe and. And you're playing as well. You would never think you would go to China. So, like, what what made you move to China? I still don't know. No, to, um, <laughs> to be honest, Flo, it was I had. Um, it all came from a couple of people who were close to me, um, who had been to China, had experienced China, um, and had recommended it. I I just graduated studying sports management. Um, and because I was so obsessed with my college scene, I tried to actually, because I, I won the award, there was a job opportunity to become student sport president, which was like kind of a bit too much, but I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it anyway. Cause if I do get to stay, you know, amazing. Another year of partying and being like, you know, <laughs> so, so, the, like so the party scene is similar to the U S like, yeah. Can I, in fact, I know we're on football here, yeah, party no scene in in, in the UK, in Newcastle especially, I don't know how how the, how the US can compete. Like, football-wise, definitely. Well, that's, like, a, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. College is like, Newcastle is next level. Like, it's it's a joke. But anyway, let's move <laughs> away. Um, but the, so I, I, I kind of, I went back home and I had to have a think about it. And I was like, where could I go in the world? Back home uh, to Italy? Yeah, back, sorry, back home to Italy, back yeah. home to Milan. I was like, where could I go in the world where... I could improve my CV, do something incredible, do something. I just felt, you know what, let's go and do something. Um, and so an opportunity, like this opportunity came up for me to go and study in Shanghai, to come and study in Shanghai. Six months, just go and study Chinese um, and then see what happens. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, and the idea, what, what I mean by working out is finding a job in, in sports. Um, I met uh, a guy called uh, Martin. Um, who is turned out to be an excellent friend of mine who was part of the BVB, the Dortmund office, uh, office in China. And he was quite interested about sort of my CV and where I'd come from and the languages I speak. Um, and was like, listen, 
let me send my CV. So the CV went in and then apparently went to Dortmund and they're like, look, his Chinese isn't good enough. And they said, look, but we want to keep you within the environment, within the Dortmund sort of ecosystem. So Dortmund had a uh, company, an agency who ran their marketing in China called Mailman Group. So they, I was like, who are these guys? You know, like never heard of them. I want to be working for clubs. I don't want to be working for some like cowboy agency. So <laughs> they, they, they sent my CV across um, and I checked their website and I was actually pretty impressed. So they work with some of the biggest names in sports in China. So I, um, yeah, I, I got an interview, went to go and do the interview. And then the interviews were all around sort of like uh, Italian football. The job opportunity was, I think it was, the role was um, Italian football client manager or something like that. Um, and in the end, I got the job and started an internship. Uh, did a three-month internship working there, working on Inter Milan, Juventus, and Napoli's uh, sort of brand presence here in China. Um, so that meant, to be honest with you, it's not that flashy. It's just really just a lot of the social media marketing around it. And then I was made full-time after that, which was, you know, for me, I didn't think I would get it. Apparently, it was quite normal. But uh, got got the job and then started working on uh, full-time uh, I had I was given Napoli and Sevilla as full-time clients, um, which was great. Um, and then uh, and then into my second year, the best experience of the whole thing was Juventus China tour, well Juventus Asia tour. After that, I I bit the bullet and decided to you know start a new company. So um, I left um, I left in November last year. Um, and still it should be done in the next two, three weeks. We should be live with the, with the company, but it will be athlete management working with, um, a lot of the footballers, um, well based here or in the West. So it's a different model from the standard agent you would expect or the agency. So what we focus on here is the CSL players, the people playing in China, we give them a service whereby we have two pillars. The first pillar is uh, marketing and business development. And then the second uh, pillar is player care. So player care is something that you guys might know as, I don't like the word, I hate it, is concierge, but that service of things like anything from fitness through to transport through to, uh, you know, anything, absolutely anything, because it's a, it's a new life for them here in China, setting yeah. them up in China. Yeah um uh, and you know even like sports psychology everything it's just being you know tax and finance it's all that stuff put together that we offer them here to give them more of a holistic service you know make them settle in here because it's not easy to come all the way out to china and, and be able to do this and it's something that doesn't exist here it doesn't exist in any sports um which you know you could ask yourself a question why maybe it's maybe i'm maybe we've got the wrong idea but um <laughs> That's what we want to do, but in the West, um, for, for people based, for players based in, in Europe, so there are a couple of players we're talking to at the moment, um, some playing in Bundesliga, some playing in, in Serie A, um, one playing in La Liga, uh, about, you know, promoting their, their sort of brand out here. So that's sort of social media presence, uh, commercial business development. So it's kind of two pillars. Uh, of how, we, how we're looking at it so that business development side and that player and player care and enhancement side um, so that's that's kind of a little bit about what we're doing now so Nico and I have joined forces he's a business partner of mine now officially 
we're just uh, getting final confirmation from the Chinese government that we can, you know, apply for, get this business license. And then we're hoping in the next two to three weeks that we'll be live with the business, uh, which will be incredible. So never thought, you know, from being, you know, working in an Italian bar three years ago, four <laughs> years ago, I'd be owning a company with a, you know, Chinese international football player. So it's crazy. That's kind of, crazy <laughs> it's kind of the story yeah. where I'm at, where I'm at right now. So yeah. It makes me so proud to hear it. Like, cause I know we speak a lot, but we've never like spoken in so much detail about the whole, you know, pathway. Like just to hear it like that is, is pretty insane. And, and um, I was going to, and I was going to say on the side as well, you're playing, you're playing Sunday league in China. Maybe you can take us through. Yeah, what can someone good. imagine Sunday league in China to be in Shanghai, China to be like, I try yeah, to imagine. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know how to so, imagine it all. <laughs> There's, the topic can go on forever, so um, the because it then leads into Chinese football, right? Which is another story, um, probably another podcast. But the the it's good fun. So I actually played. So I started playing because I played futsal. I'm obsessed with the, sort of the the small interplay. I love being involved. So I joined a seven aside team, um, and they. It, there's there's different pockets of, of foreign football around here, but there's really just two big leagues, one seven-a-side league and one 11-a-side league. And then obviously there's, um, there is uh, Chinese leagues as well, um, but it's quite segregated. So they don't like, they don't particularly enjoy playing with foreigners um, that much. And the ones they do, they, play, they pay them to play and they pay them good money. Um, and it's Hello? kind of shocking. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Flo's still playing. Guys, Sam should I mean, look you up. They, 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 can, they can pay up to, I mean, I've heard, study, yeah, four, 500 euros a game. And then if you score goals, then you get more. So, yeah, okay. So I, I mean, won't get more. Is there a bonus for tackles or something? Like, uh, <laughs> we could get it arranged. We could get it arranged. Sam, <laughs> Sam. Sign with Sam's agency, man. You'll hook it up. Yeah, I'll sort you out. I'll sort you out. Don't worry. We'll find you. We'll call you like Dumplings United or something like that. Anyway, so um, so what it is is like there's you've got um, so I've been playing in the seven aside league, uh, which is pretty good level, um, and um, it's quite well organized. So it's like with offsides, you have linesmen, you they film the games, the refs have like mics, they speak to each other. There's there's like an app you know, where you can follow your games, you can live stream, there's transfer windows. Um, so it's That's all so pretty cool, weird. man. That's so it's good. Cool. It, it, it is. And it's taken, uh, it, there's three divisions uh, with 12 teams in each division. Um, but we were watching, um, <laughs> we were watching the third division today uh, and it's great fun. Like, it's just a laugh. It's like the third division's like, uh, you know, people turning up with one white sock, one black sock, and then they've got like, um, <laughs> You know, they can barely fit into their, their, their T-shirts because they had you know, beer the night before. Like, it's, that's, the third, that's the third division. Uh, you, as the more divisions you move up and the second division is all right. And then the first division where we play is, is a good level of football. Um, there's some really good players uh, involved, some great ex-futsal players. Um, a lot of the Spanish players and the Brazilians, they play in this type of um, tournament. So um a lot of coaches so we have uh there's some good players who like ex um the actual espanol coaches uh there's some barcelona academy coaches some dortmund coaches so 
not really massive ex-pros, so to speak, but some some really, really good players, um, which is really good fun, really, really competitive, um, really competitive, uh, probably too much. Um, so, so that <laughs> happens on the seven aside. And then on the Saturday, uh, that's Sunday football. Then Saturday football, they have an 11 aside league, which is more of the typical Sunday league football. Um, and it's the biggest foreigner league. Um, there's 15 teams um, and you play every Saturday. It's great fun. You just get on the bus. Uh, it's like it's like you would in, you know, in, in, in anywhere in Europe. You get on the bus, you go out to the field. It's all in the same area um, and you get changed. You're changing room. You go out, you warm up properly and then you have your game, which is 90 minute game. Um, and then after the game, um, you get on the bus and then you win or lose. It's time to drink. And it's just drinking beers and, you know, it's just a lot. Oh, I'd so love that. Yeah. Flo, we, we need to, I think, I think that the, the, the moral of this podcast is you just need to come out to China. That's Honestly. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> we should, we should, we should, we should have another call after that. <laughs> Let's arrange flights and a visa. Let's get you out here. But it, it's great. It's, um, it's really, really good fun. Um, and it's um, the level... The level's gone down. So I was actually speaking to someone today with Nico. We were speaking to a guy who's been here for 15 years. And he said uh, when he first arrived in 2015, in 2005, the level was incredible. Like the level they had a load of um, people who came out here to try and get into the Chinese league because there weren't too many rules back then. So there were a couple of people who were being dropped by like a Beijing Guan or Shanghai and they would go into this league and play Uh, just while they waited to find a new team. So the level was so high. People who'd been like in Indonesia or in Thailand and they wanted to go and play in China. So they'd go and play in this league for six months. It was good level. And then they would move up and then go and play somewhere else. Um, I think the biggest success story to come out of this league recently was a guy, a good friend of mine called Michel, who went to go and play in third division Spain. Um, but again, he, he's the best player. Like they say, he's one of the best players to play there for the last like five, six years. So <laughs> if you're hearing that, you can understand the level is nothing special. Um, yeah, the first two or three teams are great. Um, and then the more you go down. Uh, so the, my, my housemate, the guy next door to me, is the goalkeeper of my rival team. So we're both goalkeepers. Um, he, they played a team last week and they won 15-0. Um, so... It's, it's just sometimes you can turn up like our team. It's got nothing to do with me at all. Our team, we played 15 games in the league. We've conceded five. So you went, it, I, I was going to ask you, Sam, because it's a foreigner league. So how can I imagine yeah. it? Is it kind of like different countries have their own team or is it like all internationals mixed together? Or how? Good, good question. So they're actually um, the majority. You, you have teams. So, for example, we're, we're called Azzurri, which in, in, in Italian means does, the, the yeah. Blues, and what you call the first team. But we've only got five Italians. But if you go back 15 years ago when Azzurri was first made, they were um, All the Italians, they were probably. Italian. Yeah. But we've got Spaniards, we've got um, Ghanaians, we've got. Um, Yeah, we've got so many different, uh, you know, uh, the Germans, we've got so many different uh, nationalities. Um, and then the, our rivals are called the Shooters, who are predominantly English. They've got quite a core British bunch, um, but they've also got lots of Hispanics and stuff. Um, there's a team called the Vikings, which is Danish, Swedish. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there are. Yeah. 
That, yeah, that's Flo's team. Hundred, they drink a lot of beer. Flo, so yeah. <laughs> Go on, Max. What position? No, because no, like? Sam played because he played in Sweden, so he he joined the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he joined the Vikings. So that's that's what you're. Kind of, the- yeah, that's okay. what you're kind of. I can imagine it. As if I would be the biggest alcoholic. Like what? No, no, I was saying the Vikings. No, no, I was saying the Vikings because you play in Sweden and because you have a beard and because you're like that aggressive type of player. And he and he's a big drinker. Is that what you're trying to say as well? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) Where else do the other guys come from, Sam? And God, I mean, man, I can go other teams. Every 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 country in South America. Uh, most countries in Europe, uh, quite a few African countries, because a lot of the the, the Af- a lot of Africa has ties with China, so they have great mm-hmm. uh, they have great deals on visas. So yeah. a lot of students here. Um, the thing is now, and the reason why the league isn't as good over the last two years is obviously the pandemic has affected right. people coming in and out. So Shanghai thrives off um, you know turnover, like recycling of people, like it's now become a village like really has the foreigner community it's huge like i was just saying as well that uh funnily enough today as well that you know you can walk around the streets of shanghai in my area where i am and there's loads of foreigners you still haven't seen before but it's impossible that they've come in and out of the country because it, china's closed so i should probably explain that flow so like china at the moment you can't come into china um, you can leave, but you can't come in. Only selected few people can come into China um, because of the pandemic. So we haven't had any, we've only had people leave, but we haven't had people come back. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's a huge city, but you just don't get much uh, recycling. So the league has kind of been affected a, a little bit because, you know, it's really just the same players. And, you know, we've, we've had a couple people leave. Some other people have had some people leave. So, the levels dropping slightly, but hopefully it'll pick up. Um, you know, once the borders open again. And is this league um, privately organized, or is it within the Chinese Football Association? No, it's it's privately organized. So they're very uh, the Chinese Football Association are, are very traditional and and keep themselves to themselves. And an example of that is the amount of foreigners you can have playing in Chinese football anyway. And so, that doesn't that doesn't matter which league, like even if it's a super league or second, third, no, fourth division. It, it, it's how it is. So um, they, and this is this can probably lead on to the conversation of Chinese football. But um, yeah, so it's private. Um, it's run by some 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 great expats who've been here for 20 years. It's all they live for. They love it. It's uh, it's always fun. So. Um, Yeah, I mean it's good. It's good, but it's nowhere near the the level you guys can imagine. But for the, for us, you know, you gotta you gotta think like we don't play football. We you know like we don't we work. Um, you know, you know, like anyone, right? But we're on this side of the world. They're kind of you kind of become a family because it's just the guys you play you train with two or three times a week. If you do train that much, you you know games on the weekend. You you know you, you fight for them. So it just becomes more of a, a family thing as well, which is amazing. Uh, or, or you know, all the girlfriends are friends with each other, all that stuff. So it's it's nice. It's really yeah. nice, man. It's, it's it reminds me a bit of the leagues in in the US as well. Yeah, the Mexican yeah. leagues. Yeah, they're like private yeah. leagues. I, exactly. I would have I, if I could have compared it to something. I'd say like the Mexican leagues. That's so it's cool. A, I love that. Yeah, when when you when you got to that point where you said, um, but 
still quite serious and i was then i was thinking about the mexican league right away because they take it like super serious like even if they're like i don't know like they're overweight or they never played football before in their life um they, they take, take it 100 serious oh yeah this yeah, it's like it's devil die here like these people <laughs> people getting in fights and you know threatening to oh yeah them. You know, the biggest insult you can do or the biggest thing you can do is threaten to cancel someone's visa. If you cancel their visa, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, you don't, you know, you got to be selective. Like our, one of, uh, so we've got a goalkeeper at the moment um, because I'm injured, is the vice president of the chamber, European Chamber of Commerce, right? Oh so you, you don't want to piss him off. You piss him off. You'll, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be on the first flight home the next day. Wait, Sam, you know what I was thinking about while you were saying that um, few foreigners can play in China? Isn't it true that in any Chinese team, the goalkeeper has to be Chinese? So you would never yeah. even be allowed to play, right? Even if you were the best exactly. foreigner. Seriously. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. Even in the, in the Super League, I think. Yeah. Not for the computer. <laughs> Sam's oh. laptop's running out, I think. Shit, yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll find it. Um, I'll have to... Shit, I'll have to jump to my phone. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so th this is it. So this is what I... Like, going on to what I was saying with Flo, like, the, the problem in, in chat... Well, the problem, or what they do is, is you have a limit on foreigners. You can only have four... Uh, is it four signed players to be in the in in the um, team sheet? You can have five players in in the in the actual club, but you can't uh, and only three on the field. Um, and you can't have uh, a goalkeeper. Goalkeepers have to be Chinese, um, and that's to try and improve their level because the Chinese goalkeepers aren't too good. Man, that's yeah. I'm so I I could go on and on about everything, but one one thing I would love to go into is um. I think the best way to transition. So Flo, when I call Sam sometimes, like we just call at random times, we're always busy, busy. But um, every time I call him, this guy's in a taxi somewhere driving through <laughs> Shanghai. And then he's like, okay, bro, one second. And he's like, hi, no, how? And then he starts speaking in Chinese. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> he's always speaking Chinese to like the taxi driver, some guy. Like, a, So I think that takes us to the culture. I think, Sam, through football, you've probably yeah. learned so many languages i mean i was telling flu like like his german like okay so take us through your languages and culture and how you yeah I, my my german isn't like isn't anywhere near it should be but anyway so the for 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 i was lucky enough the europe we went I, max and i went to a european school um so the european school i have to admit that our school got a lot of uh bad bad press but i think in terms of languages it was an crazy it was a crazy system so you had you know they the, the languages were instilled on you from a really young age and you they were really like pushy about learning all these different languages um obviously growing up in italy um i was lucky enough to through football um i learned it italian really quickly um really quickly like within the first six months i was speaking fluent italian i was six years old seven years old so i was soaking it all up um, which was great. Um, and then kept it going and then Spanish came and then through friendships and whatnot, you know, Portuguese came into the picture and I, you know, love speaking Portuguese as a language. Um, it was, yeah, it was just, uh, and then obviously Chinese came along and 
I, I enjoyed it. Um, and I was, I was very passionate about it to start with. And it, it just it's such a difficult language, guys. Like it's, it's so tough. Like I thought my initial claim was that the basics of, of um, Chinese were easier than German. Cause I always struggled with German. Like I've always had like, you know, going into the, like the depths of German, like I just, my head can't do it. <laughs> I thought I could do it Chinese, but I couldn't man. Like the Chinese, was, there's no grammar. And this is the crazy thing. Chinese doesn't have grammar. Like the grammars, there's barely any grammar that you don't really have past tense or, you know, like don't get me started on that. Like <laughs> that, that would have been my question. Like, first of all, from none of that i don't even know like, what it is man <laughs> so like uh, first of all how did you get into like studying or learning german and then comparing uh german to to chinese like what's harder <laughs> that's um, a good so, question so to, to i started learning german because i was supposed to be in italy for two years like i said because we we're going to jump from different schools right i was going to jump to the next country and my next door neighbor was german so i said you know what um, I'm going to be there for two years. I might as well just pick the language. So pick, you could pick French or German. And I picked German, big mistake. And I ended up being there for 10 years. And so I had to stick with German and my God, it was, it was, it was uh, crazy. It was crazy, crazy, but it was good. I do enjoy German. And then obviously you, you, you did history and geography in German, you know, like learning about Gletscher. Oh, <laughs> It was um, it was good fun. It was good fun. So, you have to understand, Flo. I was in in Sam's German class. Yeah. So he Sam, that was the level. That was the level. He was in my German class. Like, how am I supposed to compete with that? It's not too hard. Oh, oh not God, too hard to so compete good. with my. It's not too hard. <laughs> how do I couldn't even like uh, I don't know. Like he yeah, it was difficult. It was tough for me. Um, like Maxi was one of the best, but I, you weren't even the best, Maxi, were you? I wasn't People, the best, no, no, no. But like if Maxi is like, you know, coming out with like eight, because we did it out of a hundred percent, so you get marked out. If he's yeah. coming out with eighty like percent, and I'm coming out with like forty, like what am I doing? <laughs> like no, you were actually way better than that, Sam. But like what I what I think that, I don't know. I hadn't heard you speak German in a long time, so I thought you forgot it. But like no. A couple of months ago, you 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 were speaking German to to Leo on the phone, I think, or something, and yeah. I was like, "What? You still speak really well, man." It was pretty incredible. Like, I, try, like I, I love languages, guys. I love languages. Um, and I just, I I wish I knew more. Like, I just wish I I could keep it going. But um, and I get very frustrated when I don't, because obviously Italian comes quite naturally to me now, and German I was okay, and but um, yeah. Uh, I do love it and China as well so going to Flo's question like the reason for me why I thought German was harder I just think the, the Chinese isn't the spoken isn't actually that tough like the vo there's a lot of vocab but the problem is is like I'm not going to go into the detail but you have to the tones so you, the tones have to be perfect if the tones aren't perfect like for example there's there's um there's a word for soup and sugar, right? So soup is tang, which is T-A-N-G. And, uh, and for soup, it's tang, T-A-N-G. But it's like the, 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 um, like the apostrophe going up instead of going down. And Wait, like, which one was sugar, Sam? 
Because you said soup, soup, I think, both times. Oh, sorry, soup. So it's like sugar is tongue. And then um, uh, the other one, I can't remember what it was. Soup. Uh, soup is tongue, like up. So there's like different <laughs> tones. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. But yeah, um, I'm just trying to go on my phone because my computer's going to die. So um, yeah, so it's it's a tough language like to, to perfect. That's for sure. And how many languages do you speak fluently then? If you dropped me in the, in their countries, I could probably survive. That's what I mean. So English, I'll go in order of what I probably speak. I'd go English, uh, English, Italian, German, Portuguese, Spanish, and Chinese. Have a conversation with Flo in German real quick, just for the audience. We'll ask him something quick, quick, quick. Ich will kein Deutsch reden, Dio. Komm. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you just say digger? <laughs> Bro, I'll tell you, Sam is a, is a town of, of, of languages, man. It sounds, oh my God, I could, I could laugh so much, man. He knows the slang, like, <laughs> better than Max. No, Max taught me everything. Everything I know is taught by Max. How many how many leagues are there in the organized Chinese football, and um, how good do you have to be to even make it at any of these stages as a foreigner, like comparing to a European level? So in in China, really, you can only really categorize three professional leagues. There's three divisions, three professional divisions where you have the Chinese Super League. Um, you have League One and League Two. Um, the Chinese Super League is obviously the main division where you can have the major, where all the big names go. League One, you have foreigners. League Two, you don't have foreigners. Um, so obviously, the the level. If we're speaking about the level, League Two. If I had to say, I, I'll do it probably compared to England. So because it's probably the one we have the most idea of. Uh, I'd say is like a conference. So it's like a conference North Maxi. I don't know what you'd put it to be um, for Germany. That's a league two in China. Like a low regional liga? Like, yeah. Oh, wait, conference North, you mean like um, sixth division in, in England? Yeah, I'd say around sixth division. Yeah. That's like Oberliga. Flo was right. Yeah. And then I would say league, league one fluctuates between a league two or conference in England. So that's what I'd put it. And then I'd say league, uh, the top division, Chinese Super League goes from a championship to league one with the exception of one or two teams. It's even far-fetched saying that they could compete in, um, sorry, I had my camera off, um, saying that they could compete in, in the Premier League, but I don't even think so. Um, it's, it's kind of championship league one. And you said, since you're playing in that um, foreign league or you're connected to that foreigner league, um, do you really get in contact with a lot of Chinese people? Because you said it's like you're like you're like a family. Everyone knows each other. You're friends with each other. Girlfriends are friends with each other. So how how do you get in contact with with the Chinese people? Then other than walking around and going to shops or something? That's a good question, actually. That's a that's a great question. So actually, at this moment in time, I, there's you don't really get that much. So my previous company, there was 120 of us, 
um, and there was a hundred hundred local people. So you you interacted with them every day. Now I don't really. It's, it's strange, like the day to day when you go to restaurants and stuff. But I have, I, you know, we have a couple of Chinese guys in our team who are quite Westernized. Um, but that you don't really, you don't really mix that much with the local people, which is quite sad to hear. I mean, I suppose if you're, you guys are hearing, you know, about it, because you expect, okay, you know, you, you're, <laughs> you know, going, going all the time with your local friends and, and they're taking you to all the great places. And yeah, you have your local friends, but they're, you know, like you said, when you're here, you have your family, which is your core group. Um, you know, it's you're on the other side of the world and it's kind of that support system uh, and the people, you know, you can turn to. And we all kind of have the same problems to a certain extent, uh, you know, like, you know, missing, missing home, not being able to have a good dinner kebab or whatever it is. It's just <laughs> like you can relate to these things. Um, um, you know what I mean? So it's... Um, yeah, I, I, I'd like to probably get to know or be more involved in the local side of things. Um, Business-wise, you're involved, but not tend to be on the social side. Do you think it's um, rather because the Chinese are not too keen of getting to know you or too interested in hanging out with you? Because if, no, if I look, if I look um, back to, to the time in the US, like the Americans, they love it when you're international and they want to spend time with you. They want to um, share their culture with you. Um, how, how is that from the Chinese side? So when I say it's interesting, it's changed quite a lot. And again, I can't really speak of it how it used to be because I only I only, I feel like I only had a small part of it but what it used to be like is you could walk down the street and anyone could ask you for a photo or you know want to touch your blonde hair or i i when i first arrived in 2017 i went to the main river riverfront which is the main sort of photo on the and some random chinese family gave me their kid of one year old and told me to hold it so i could take a photo <laughs> um and it was it's it's just it's just like stuff like that and it's it's you 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 it's surreal sometimes like the first year you were here anywhere you'd go you'd you know ask for photos or you know anyone you know boy or a girl would be adding you on wechat which is like the whatsapp here just because they wanted to have a foreigner but that i received sort of the back end of that i heard about four or five years before that was you know there weren't many foreigners and not many people had seen you know shanghai but if you go outside of shanghai now um, into the smaller cities it's more like that but here in Shanghai or Beijing or Guangzhou I think that novelty has worn off of being a foreigner um, so when I first arrived as well going back to the club scene if you wanted to go to any club you could get a table for free because you're a foreigner um, so it, it was just like a different it was a different time and I think now and it's good like now I feel like the, the foreign community is kind of integrated more in the sense that they live alongside the Chinese locals. Um, so they, they're used to seeing us um, and we're used to seeing or being around them. Um, and so there, there are times where, you know, you, I think in certain areas like where I live now, I think they might be a bit sick of us. <laughs> the foreigners, you know, constantly like, you know, acting differently to how, you know, other people should act, but you're welcomed in most other areas. It's not like you're not welcomed here, but, um, you're treated a little bit more with open arms in certain areas um, where there aren't as many foreigners. I honestly got to say, I, I've never been 
too interested in in China or Asia. Like I never had I never had that feeling like I gotta go there and see that. But like talking to you and how it is there actually, it feels like okay, like this is this is a city, this is a place I really gotta check out. Man, I'm telling you, we no. need to... Sorry, Sam, what I was saying to Flo is um, when this podcast grows, when finally the sponsors hear our call, <laughs> you know, I keep asking for sponsors in every episode. No, I'm, I'm joking. But no, when this podcast grows in the future and even, if, you know, we just want to visit all the people that we're interviewing. And I'm, I mean, like, I've never visited you in China. And I think um, if we came out there together, it would be insane. I, I mean, also me hearing these things, it's like, this is a whole nother world to like europe or north america yeah it's it's incredible guys there's just so much about china that i could talk about it's you know everything's digital everything's on your phone i don't have a wallet anymore you pay everything from um you know uh, uh, food rents uh you know rent even even beggars on the road they come with a qr code to scan like it's a different <laughs> life like everything's crazy everything's you know really Yeah, yeah, they come. They they come with a QR code. It's 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 Ooh, guys. Wow. It's it's just a diff, it's a different. Um, and we're back living a normal life, obviously. So this digital side of things helps. So like, uh, you have to show your green code wherever you go, and um, it tracks where you go. Obviously, this is being in China. You get you know, they they have this potential to track you and you know where which cities you've been to, where you've been. So. You know, it's incredible. Everyone drives around on electric scooters. Um, I'm just trying to name some of the cool stuff. You know, yeah, do that, do that. Um, but you get, I mean, you get you, you, but you get all the great restaurants. So you have like, you know, on a, from a German standpoint, you have Paulana's here. You have, um, you have all like Lavazza coffee shops. You have um, all the big, you know, KFC, McDonald's, all the big, you know, shops, Adidas, H&M, Nike, all the, all the big shops, all you can think of, it's, it's all here. Um, so you don't miss it too much. Um, and there's a lot of foreign stores, so you can go and buy, you know, your, most of the stuff that you're missing, you can go and get it there. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many cool, cool things that you probably wouldn't expect. Um, and I think people have this, this concept of of china being um and i know they're getting a lot of bad press in the west and sometimes rightly so but um living here is just it, it's an, they've done up at least in shanghai and the big cities an incredible job like it's so clean so you could walk down any street any like uh, you know we you know we hear a lot of stuff especially on the uk about the women walking down certain areas and not being feeling safe you could walk down any street in shanghai any time of night nothing whatever happened to you it's um it's a safe and it's 25 million people but you could walk and there's no bad area there's, it doesn't exist uh, you know it's there's no crime i you don't see any crime at all it's incredible um it's a pretty surreal place to be uh all the metros are clean on time um it's it's i've never had a late metro or a late train it doesn't exist that's like in italy um, like when, it's, when it's we just, were kids trying to get the bus <laughs> the, the bus i don't even know if bus, buses and trains still exist in italy i mean i think they only ride bicycles now it's like they've gone back in time so, honestly italy's so bad um, sam i was gonna ask yeah, you it's, what's it's what's like really the like asia go on oh sorry i was go just on. gonna ask you what's the craziest like digital thing that that we would never expect basically like you touched on a couple but what If me and Flo came to visit you, like, what would be, like, really weird to us, kind of? 
That's a really good question. Hmm. I, I, this is the thing. I, it's, it's weird. I, I haven't been for two years, like properly lived in, or I haven't lived in Europe for four years. I don't know. Like you can pay with your, you can walk into a shop and not take out your phone to pay. I don't know. Like stuff like that. Um, you can pay with your face. Um, you can pay can you with do? your like, face. Yeah, people can scan your face and you can pay. Um, Wait, what? You're lying. <laughs> no way. For no. Real? So if I, if I, for, and yeah. And another thing is like, for example, if you, um, if, if, like, for example, you have different apps here. So like, if I pay, if I scan something on my WeChat, because you can pay with WeChat here. If you scan your WeChat and you pay, and then sometimes it asks to put in your code or it scans your face and then you're, you're, you, you pay. Um, or you can go to a shop. Some shops actually have facial recognition. And if you've, if you've connected it to your WeChat, then you can pay with your face. Um, so yeah, crazy. <laughs> That's level. a pretty crazy thing. You can order anything. And I know we have, um, you, you guys have like Amazon prime and stuff, but like you can order anything and it can be at your door in seconds. Like you, there's services to like, if you want to send a pair of keys, I could send a pair of keys to my friend's house and someone will come pick it up, go and drop it off and they'll be there in 15 minutes and you pay two euros. Um, stuff like that. Like just life here is just really easy. Like if you know how to get around, it's just life is just really easy. Um, guys. Yeah. The, the, I, just, yeah. Guys, I, I need to, I need to um, get going soon go, because um, go, 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 go. Leah's waiting to play with me and she, she my wife kept come, coming in the door. Yeah, no worries. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm really. Sorry I've got from my ama yeah. amazing oh, content, man. This is unbelievable. Never, never expected that uh, China will be um, like. I don't know. Like it's stunning to me. Like I honestly don't know what to say. It's it's so interesting. Well, like everything. I was I was gonna say Flo. I was gonna say Flo. Like it's any anywhere. Like this. Like Asia is a great place. Like there's you know I've been to Singapore, been to South Korea, been to you know Japan and. Vietnam like it's down south in the uh, southeast Asia it gets a bit more rugged it's a bit more less developed but it's right. still great fun but you know places like Japan and and and, and Shanghai and you know it's so developed it's like another world like it, it's like we're living 10 years ahead with some of the digital so it's cool wow <laughs> that's amazing anyway. uh, I hope that the whole pandemic is uh It's anyway, over it soon and uh, we can we can come to China and visit you. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Let's hope so, guys. Max well, listen, thanks a lot for um, asking me to do this. Is he? No, I, I think... I can't see. I, yeah, I have, to, I have to go, guys. But um, I was going to say, um, Sam, I think, yeah, definitely for episode two, we're going to get you on again. And I think, uh, yeah, we should base this episode on the China stuff was insane. England as well. And we'll do Italy quickly. Because we've had a lot of China guys. Had, um, yeah, China's what wow, it was so cool, man. Yeah, no, thank you amazing. so much, Sam. I know it's late for you as well, right? Yeah. I love it. I, I I'm I'm getting bad looks myself for my girlfriend, so <laughs> she's not happy with me at all. Oh god. Um anyway. <laughs> oh, thank you all so right. much. Sam. Okay, guys. Nice to meet you. And uh Flo is an absolute stake. It was an absolute pleasure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any we'll questions, stay in the group and you guys stay in touch. I think, um, yeah, you guys in the future could do cool stuff as well. And yeah, 
We'll always connect. Cool. All right. Cheers, Jungs. Let's speak soon. <laughs> Thank you. Servus, Sam. Auf Wiedersehen. Servus. Servus, Digga. Tschüss. Ciao, ciao. Yeah, that was our China episode, our first uh, episode about Asia. Uh, crazy insights. Like I, I never thought I would really be interested in in going or playing in or working in China and Shanghai. Um, but Sam gave us some really, really good insights. Um, really loved what he was saying. Um, super interesting, and I think we could have. Uh, kept going for hours um, we talked a little bit longer than you see uh, than you could hear on the podcast now um, yeah sam took us a little bit into the the business world as well but this season the globetrotter season is about the player side of the game and um, yeah we have big plans for the next season being about um, the football business like actually working in the football business not playing so We will definitely have Sam on again. Yeah, 100%. Thank you so much, Sam. And I think, Flo, you said it all. You said it all. So, uh, you know, it's that time of the day again. Time to blow the final whistle. Uh, which which ref are you going to be today, Flo? Do you know more refs than we've had already? So I get to Google one. <laughs> How about Howard Webb? Howard Webb. No, no, no. My favorite, my favorite ref in the Prem, Mike Ooh. Dean. Mike Dean, okay. It's a legend, man. <laughs> so, guys, um, if you have any questions, DM us on Instagram, kidswap.podcast. Or follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter now as well. Imagine Kidswap Podcast. Or send us an email, info at kidswap-ffc.com. Thank you very much for listening and hear you next week. Hey, let's see what you got. <laughs> Legends. <laughs>